Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Launch. Alyssa and I are super, super excited to bring you an amazing guest speaker today. Uh, we're going to dive right in here this morning. We are really excited to introduce Jody Gondek, city councillor and mayoral candidate for Calgary on today's cast. Welcome, Jody. Yeah. Hey, it's great to be here. We are so happy to have you. I mean, we. I mean, as we said before, we're, we are big fans. I mean, I, I became a Jody fan after you became a counselor, but, um, seeing you run for mayor is, is taking this to a whole new level. So we won't fangirl too much, but how about you just introduce yourself a little bit to us in terms of your story? I mean, you have an amazing story about coming to Canada and first landing in Manitoba, which is always interesting that people land in Manitoba first and then coming to Alberta, but you have a really cool story. So why don't you give it a little bit of background on, on, uh, on Jody as a person? Yeah, for sure. I mean, when I was four years old in London, England, my parents thought that Canada offered us better opportunity as a family. And, uh, they looked at a map and said, you know, Winnipeg looks really central. And so away we went <laughs> and so- we landed in Winnipeg and uh, my dad got a job with the land titles office shortly thereafter. So we tootled around rural Manitoba for quite a few years. We were in Nipawa. My we dad's in- from Nipawa. Oh my goodness. Okay. You know, I probably know your dad. You probably this do. Cool. You do. Maybe you do. Yeah. You went to the university of Manitoba. There you go. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. So we lived in Nipawa. We lived in Portage. We lived in Brandon. Dad had a little stint working in Boise Bain and, you know, um, kind of full circle, I landed back in Winnipeg in later days, but, you know, I had a typical little childhood that prairie kids have. And when I graduated high school, I thought I needed to be more cosmopolitan. So I moved to Vancouver for a couple of years, went wow. to university. Uh, late, I love that city. Had a great time. Burned through all my money and my grades, moved back to Winnipeg, <laughs> finished up school and uh, got my first professional position there, actually, with the government of Manitoba as a policy analyst for the women's shelters in the province. And I'll tell you, early 20s, never having experienced domestic violence, never knowing anyone who went through it, that was a heavy, heavy role to take on. And I'm so glad it was offered to me because it grounded me in this idea that leadership means you practice humility and compassion for the people that you serve. And I've carried that with me throughout my career. I mean, I had future positions doing marketing and sales with the credit union system in Alberta and Saskatchewan. I worked for Greyhound Canada uh, across the country for their courier division. And I never forgot that idea of showing compassion for the people that you serve and the people you work with. And so building teams becomes easier when you have that principle in your mind. And, you know, I, I did those roles and then I started my own company in 2003 called Tick Consulting, as in what makes you tick. And so, that's a good uh, name. Yeah, yeah I kind of like that. Yeah. So, and what did you fo- what did you focus on in Tick then? In Tick, I focused on corporate social responsibility. Oh, okay. And using research and um, empirical evidence and examples from other cities to really um, drive the businesses I was working with to consider how their future could be improved 
by not making the same mistakes that others had made. And particularly when I was working with the land development industry, I really wanted to figure out a way for the industry and the regulator, that being the city of Calgary, to develop a collaborative relationship rather than the antagonistic one that they had. So, you know, a lot of my work has always focused on collaborations and finding common outcomes that allow people to work together. So, you know, professionally did that. I, I worked at the Westman Center for Real Estate Studies. I started their MBA and BCom programs um, in the community. I volunteered on my community association board. I served on the board of Vivo for Healthier Generations, which is the heart of our community. I've served on the Urban Land Institute board. I was a Calgary Planning Commissioner for four years. Um, and I did all of this work in community capacity building and city building. I volunteered on municipal campaigns. And it was really after reflecting on how much I had done to try to influence change from the outside that in 2017, I thought, why don't I try to get a seat at the table? That's why I ran in 2017. I was fortunate enough to have the support of Ward 3 voters, and it's been an absolute pleasure to serve them for the last, you know, three and a half plus years. So that's the little journey. Wow. Not so little, Jody. <laughs> Pretty impressive, in fact. I love that you're an entrepreneur. I didn't realize you were actually entre- an entrepreneur because, I mean, we are both entrepreneurs. So we that's why we started this podcast was to talk to other amazing women entrepreneurs. And so um, to hear that you actually uh, went into your own practice is uh, really great. I knew you were... Um, <clears throat> I knew you were worked in the private sector, but I love that you were also an entrepreneur before going into public service. I think uh, that's a great story. And well, uh, and we all know how scary that is, right? <laughs> like you leave something that's that's certain and predictable, and you jump into something you think is going to be great. And, and like when I left my job at Greyhound to go and do this consulting gig, I lost that first client I thought I had, and so I, I did the whole oh my goodness, what have I done? And then very slowly, you know, you start picking people up and then you build your brand and you keep going. But it is a big leap and it's not different than politics. I mean, let's consider the fact that I announced my run for mayor on January 13th and the incumbent was still in the race. That's that was the biggest risk you can take. I mean, everything is on the line for me. I am all in to win this election because if I lose, I start all over again. Right. So that entrepreneurial spirit really carries through. Yeah, really serves you with that. So um, I'm just curious, back to Tick for a minute. So what uh, what kinds of things um, did you were you doing at Tick or are you doing at Tick? And how is that kind of serving your journey now um, in addition to the entrepreneurial spirit? Well, so Tick got uh, wrapped up in a blanket and put to bed for a little while um, when I went to work at the Westman Center. And now that I'm a counselor, it was like, it's hard to do all of those things at the same time. Um, But some of the really cool projects, like when I did my master's thesis on social responsibility, I was working with Nexon and I interviewed um, employees and leaders in the organization to find out what they thought responsibility meant. And then I interviewed 10 of their stakeholders to talk about what they thought it meant. And I thought I was going to get conflicting opinions. And I was shocked, actually, to have this overwhelming consensus that companies can do good things and they do good things for the people. And so I took that message with me to the next couple of companies I worked with and said, you know, when you're doing your philanthropic um, efforts, for example, how do you decide who you're going to donate to? And across the board, it was always, well, it's, it's what our president has always done. And so I started working with them and saying, let's find out what your employees want you to do. And so I built a couple of models with a couple of organizations that um, allowed for a survey and some focus groups to find out what 
the staff in these companies thought the company should be supporting. Mm-hmm. And it really, it built this sense of camaraderie and it really brought everybody together. So it was pretty cool to be able to do stuff like that. That's really cool. That's interesting because you were a bit ahead of the curve on that. Because if you look at what's happening now with the the shift of of going back to work post COVID and uh, employees pushing back a little bit on that, it's an interesting take. And in the, the the companies that are actually asking their employees what they want, whether they want to come back to work, work remote, some sort of hybrid, are having a lot more success with a keeping their staff and being able to sort of progress post COVID where the companies that are sort of pushing and just telling their staff they need to come back or just sort of dictating are struggling a bit. And there's surveys now coming out with people just quitting their jobs if their companies aren't listening. So that's an interesting, you were sort of, yeah, you were ahead of the curve with actually asking employees because it seems so simple, but so many companies don't do it. Well, and it was, it was one of the things that I had always hoped somebody would ask me when I was working at different places. Yeah. And, you know, when I look at, when you look at companies like Benevity that are actually yeah. rooted in those principles of, of you can do good and do well, um, you know, it's, it's important to me to make sure that companies understood the value of being plugged in to your employees. Yeah. yeah it, well, employees are the drivers, are they not? And uh, I think it's going to be interesting. I saw um um, a social media post. It was one on TikTok or Instagram or something where this the guy this the the, the guy doing the the um, video was saying that he believes in the next three to five years we're going to see the biggest career migration that we've ever seen in the world with people leaving their jobs, starting different careers because COVID's kind of given everybody this. I don't want to say free pass because that sounds terrible, but kind of this start again card where you can you've realized that like life's too short. Um, we've, you've been able to work from home and have flexibility and, and, and people want that now. So he was saying that, yeah, in the next three to five years that we're going to see a whole bunch of people decide that like, yeah, corporate isn't for me. And I don't want this kind of, um, work style, blah, 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 that employees are kind of finding their power now that I don't think they realize they've had for all this time. So it's going to be quite interesting. Do you know what I like about that, Alyssa? I think what happened for the longest time is we had this divide between generations, like mine, as an example, where we were taught, you know, you go to work at this time, you sit in your office, you do your stuff, and then you check out at this time. And, you know, then you go home and do whatever you're doing. But that wasn't the actual reality. Like, I remember showing up at the office. Like, I was trying to do my master's at work at Greyhound at the same time. I would get to the office at 6.30 and work until 12.30 and then go to the one class I had to go to Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays, and then come back and work because, you know, I, I had to show that I was there. And then I go home and work some more. And I, that was every role I ever had. I would work well into the evenings. It wasn't this nine to five thing that I had been taught. And so when I took the leap and started working for myself, like at least I could fold the laundry while I was working, right? Yes. At least the dishes got done <laughs> while I was working and I could put a load in the machine. And so you know, I kind of, I value that idea of working from home because it gives me flexibility, but other people didn't have that chance. With COVID, you have seen that you can still be productive while you're at home. And I think it broke down the barrier between generations because the younger ones that were saying, we need a different style of working, we need more flexibility. We're not laughing at them anymore and calling them weak. We're looking at them and saying, yeah, you had a really good point there. And so I think we it's caught up to us. And we've learned to listen to um, the generations that we usually talk at instead of speak with. 
Yeah, that's a good point. You know, now that I'm thinking about my career as well, I'm I'm realizing that I'm in I'm in the same boat. I don't think I've ever been in a position where it's been really nine to five, unless I was in retail or serving. Uh, well, and then of course it's not nine to five; it's like six to you, eleven. But when you go, when you're done, you're done. You just you're, yeah. yeah when you're right? done, you're done. You don't take it home. Yeah. But any um, communications role I had after I graduated, and I worked. Um, at the YW Calgary. So you and I kind of have a, a bit of a similarity there uh, with our work in the DV sector. Um, and then for Canadian Blood Services and and in agency, I always took my work home or showed up early. So yeah, I think it gives us that grit, healthy grit, hopefully, <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to be productive entrepreneurs. Um, so... Yeah. We don't always think we're that productive, but no, um, we have a lot of opinions on burnout though, as well. And yes, the hustle culture. So yeah, we're (laughs) not big fans of hustle culture, but that's a whole other (laughs) (laughs) other thing. It's a whole other thing. But Uh um, jumping into your, your political career, now that we sort of talked about how you got here, I mean, what was the, you sort of mentioned the impetus to run in ward three, um, was your public service and your, your need to make better community. But as a, and I, I always hate to sort of bring up like, well, as a woman, it's this, but there is a very clear line in political culture of men versus women. There just is in terms of how they're perceived, the, the questions they get, the, um, the the attitudes towards them. So when you're making the decision to run for any sort of political office, you sort of have to know that you have to be 10 times better than anybody running against you. So what was the thought process when you decided to step into the ring originally? Well, um, you know, I talk about the fact that this was an accidental journey and it, it very much was. I mean, I volunteered on a municipal campaign in 2017 and thought, this is kind of cool. And so, you know, I did again in 2010 and again in 2013, just because I I find that, you know, municipal politics is where my heart lives. And I believe it's important to make sure that you're building strong cities. Um, But, you know, when I was asked at those times, if I was interested in running, I remember very clearly saying, somebody asked me in 2007, I said, I don't know anything about it. Why would I run for something I know nothing about? And so, you know, I, I'll never forget that I said that because then I made it my business to get to know about it because I was working with other people who were running. And by the time 10 years later that I stopped and thought about all of the knowledge I had acquired, all of the experience I had gained and all of the things I had done, like the, the on the job training as a volunteer, I entered the race in 2017 because I felt prepared. And I felt qualified and I don't do things unless I feel prepared and qualified. And so I think that's, that's the curse of a lot of women not running, right? Right. Like, can you check every single box? No. Can you check 70% of them? Yes. Should you do it? And that's where we get stuck. So, I mean, I guess after 10 years of, of doing it from the edges, I felt that I checked enough boxes. Um, So I think that's, that's what holds women up. You, You wait until you're ready and you've spent so much time getting ready that then other things tend to get in the way. Um, but for me, you know, it was, it was just good timing. Um, it was the time that my community needed me and it was time for me to work with them and accomplish the things that we were frustrated, uh, in seeing weren't getting done. So it was that, it was that added bit of how come we can't have this? And like, why do you keep telling me it can't be done this way? So it's been fun to go in there and fix that. Hmm. 
Um, so Jody, I think we want to dive into our three questions because I'm really interested to hear um, what's inspiring you right now and a couple of other things. So let's start with that. Like who and what is really inspiring you right now? Uh, you know, it's, it's funny when you're campaigning, um, the days can sometimes be long and with COVID you can't be out in person doing things. So, you know, the energy and the vibe that you get from, you know, your whole team going out and door knocking, we don't have that right now. So we do a lot of, you know, zoom meetings when we do, uh, literature drops, we meet up and can say hi for a few minutes, but you miss people. And so, you know, the big thing that's been keeping me going is the Calgarians that have offered to do coffee parties with me. So it's it's this type of a, a Zoom setting. And I have anywhere from, you know, six or seven people to 20 people on a call. And I'm doing between two and five of these every day. So wow. on any given day, I get to talk to 20 or 100 Calgarians. And they tell me what they love about the city. They tell me what they're worried about. And they tell me what they hope to see. And I don't know a better way to build a platform and drive yourself forward than to actually talk to the people you're going to serve. So it's really Calgarians that keep me inspired and going. Amazing. I love that. I know. Um, I was a Calgarian. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Good job, Jody. (laughs) So what are you reading right now or listening to maybe that you're finding really interesting that our listeners might take an interest in? Okay, so I know you probably want me to say something like super nerdy or inspiring. Like, you know, I'm no, not at all. Actually. No, okay, Petri, no. whatever. Yeah. All right. Please just be yourself. <laughs> Tell us, yes. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I bought my kid a, a magazine about six months ago uh, with Motorhead on the cover, and I hadn't read it yet. So I've been flipping through that and uh, reading about how Ace of Spades came to be. And so that's making me super happy. I have returned to reading Animal Farm because it was wow. a little short. And, uh, you know, when I was waiting in line for the vaccine, I thought, Oh, I'll take a book with me. So, you know, uh, four legs, good, two legs, bad has come back into my life and, uh, music, like seriously, I've been going back and listening to the stuff I always loved. Um, Holly McNarland and Elmo. I haven't listened to that song in a long time. So, you know, I've been going back, Mm. listening to my favorites. Um, yeah. Rammstein. Haven't listened to that in a while. Um, I just find that that. like the music of my, of my eighties and nineties just keeps me going. Eighties, nineties music. I will like die on this hill, but it's by far the best music. Oh my God. Is it ever the best? I have to say if, if anybody tuned into last Sunday's Facebook live, it kicked off with uh, an original piece that my husband wrote for the campaign. And it's, it's pretty nineties. Go check it out. Okay. Well, yeah, check, go that check out, out your Facebook because 100%. I have to go. Well, and your talented husband, like just writing songs, like he's amazing. Your whole, well, there's a, yeah. there's a clear keeper right there. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. I just have to say, um, it is really creepy that you brought up animal farm just now because I was literally sitting on my deck last night with a friend and we were talking about 1984 and animal farm. And I actually pulled mine down and I'm going to read it this week too. Yeah. Yeah. Since there was a time to revisit George Orwell, it is now. Like, it's now. It's now. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, everyone needs to go grab their uh, their George Orwell yeah. off, the, uh, off the shelf because I think we all need a yeah. read because it's all very I, telling. Same with yeah. Handmaid's Tale. Like if you want to sort yeah. of see what's gonna what's happening in the world, it's like go pull off uh, Handmaid's Tale weird. off the shelf too. Yeah. Oh. Um, and um, 
Jody, what's I know we haven't really been able to go out lately, but Alyssa and I love Calgary, obviously, and we're we're huge fans of our city and um, we love the businesses that reside within it because we get to work with them all the time. And so we'd love to know, is there like a business you've been frequenting or ordering out from that you just love that you want people to know about? Yeah. Um, this again is not something healthy, but people would probably want me to say, um, you know, but here's the truth. Pixie's candy keeps my family going through the pandemic. We go to Pixie's candy and we pick up stuff like remember wigwags back in the day, they got renamed to curly whirlies. It was a chocolate bar. Oh yes, 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 yes. Curly whirlies. Five pack of those from Pixie's. Pixie's is up on top of the hill. Um, Country Hills Boulevard in the district is the name of the shopping center. Oh, see, Um, going up to country hills now there's a gem that you don't hear about country hills very often so yeah wow so we are big candy fiends i'm in there buying high chews uh (gasps) you know those are so good those little wax bottles with like oh the horrible stuff inside yeah 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 yeah. coke bottles yeah we uh pixies is uh doing well thanks to the gondex that's amazing. I That's love awesome. it. I love that. Uh, oh, funny. See, that is so great. See, I mean, we I, I totally thought you were gonna go for um like a coffee shop or or yeah. a, a restaurant. No, candy restaurant. all the way. This is why you're our people, Jody. This is why you hundred percent you get us clearly. And that you listen to Ramshine. I'm over here like oh, really excited yeah, about that. Come on. <laughs> Um, and I, just before we let you go, I just have to say, and this is more to your team, I think, and, and to you, but your branding is outstanding. Like your campaign branding, the colors, the whole story. Like I love on your, the bio you sent us at the top, it's a, it has a coffee cup with cup of Joe spill the tea, like with your name. I mean, whoever, who did this work for you? Amazing. It totally reflects you. And just from a, a Marcom perspective, I just had to comment on your branding because it is really, really great. Well, and I got to tell you, you know, sometimes people talk about um, being creative in the creative sector and um, the creative economy. And I remember Richard Florida once wrote a book about, you know, how creative people live in specific areas. Um, The person who did my branding is Crystal Reynolds from Crystal Inc. And she lives two blocks away from me in Panorama Hills. So she doesn't live in a so-called bohemian neighborhood, but she's brilliant. And she actually just took the time to listen to me when I said, you know, my brand needs to be black as death and kick-ass pink and rock and roll. <laughs> so cool. And I remember everyone saying, you're running for mayor. Like that's, it's not an album cover. And I thought, well, it why is can't an album it be? Cover. Yeah. It is solely an album cover. So, you know, if, if you're going to be true to yourself and run for something, then you have to project who you are to the people. And she really nailed Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You yeah. have to. It is really great. So again, that's why you're our people. <laughs> yeah. You get, you get the whole thing, your campaigns, like a rock band, your, yeah. your, your kick-ass, just the whole, it's the whole awesome. vibe. And I mean, you're wearing the most beautiful pink. It looks like a sari, but I don't, I doubt it's a sari, but it's, it's, it's called a kurta. So it's a traditional Punjabi top. And uh, you know what, especially in light of this week, um, I'm happy to to be wearing the clothes of my culture because this is the stuff that I'm proud of. And it's absolutely a travesty that when you wear clothing like this, you get targeted. And so I think um, more of us need to be proud of our roots and show the world who we are and demonstrate that, um, you know, we're an inclusive place and we're a place where everybody belongs. I do have to say I've been to India. I haven't been up to the Punjab, but I've been to Southern India and it was out of all the places I've traveled, it is by far my favorite. 
and um, the Indian people and the food. It's the only place I'm a vegetarian and I have IBS, which I don't need to get into, but it was the only place I've never gotten sick on a, on a trip um, because the food was so amazing and we ate in people's homes and they were like just the most amazing. So the next, I would like to get up to the Punjab because I know um, that's a whole, a whole other um, culture and existence um, in the North of India, but I love, um, I loved India a whole, whole, whole lot. It changed me. So um, I came home a different person and I think that's the best thing you can say about a trip. So I love that uh, you, um, you made that comment about being close to your people today. Cause yes, I think yeah. in light of what is going on in the world, we all need to, uh, to be better uh, well as, as, as white people, we need to be better allies. I mean, that's obviously clear, but, um, you as, 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 as a, as a visible, uh, minority and amazing woman in the city, it's amazing to, to yeah. see you stand up have, in that way. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And you know what? I would say, like, we can't travel right now, really can't do a lot of stuff. I would say if you have the opportunity to get out in your city and explore some places and check out some, you know, some restaurants and some shops and just go out and be with different people, safely distanced, obviously, um, I think this may be the time to go explore our city and see what a real um diverse city looks like. We don't talk about it in that way. We talk about our population being diverse and we talk about multiculturalism and all of that, but you know, let's get out to the neighborhoods we don't typically go to and let's experience them. Absolutely. I just have to say quickly too, like um, I grew up in the Northeast for half of my life and my parents are still up in Skyview Ranch and a lot of our neighbors are from the East, the Indian community. And they are, of course, just the most wonderful, kind, sweet people. Like, And um, we are so lucky because we are consistently invited into their homes when it was safe to enjoy beautiful food and to learn about their culture. And I've been ingrained in that culture since I was a young child because I grew up um, literally next door to one of the mosques. Um, and yeah, it just, it breaks my heart. I've always wanted to go to India. And so, yeah, I, I love that, Jody. I would really recommend that people get out and explore the city and see how amazing it is. Yeah. Some of the mosques in Calgary are some of the most beautiful architectural wonders of mm-hmm. this city. Um, yeah, I live well, up on yeah. Coach Hill and um, the the Sikh temple up here is absolutely amazing too. Um, but we will wrap up. We're getting our yes. Zoom notice that we this are. is ending. Ridiculous. <laughs> Go Zoom. Um, but we so much thank you for your time. Yeah, I know you're super you, busy, but it was so lovely to chat with you. And we will have all your info. Go check out um Jody Gondek dot uh it's dot CA, right? Or CA, dot, yep. Yeah, Jody Gondek. Yeah. JodyGondek.ca for her awesome branding. Her content is amazing. Yeah. Um, and like her just husband's from a musical styling. <laughs> but the musical stylings, yes. yes. But um, I know you're so busy, so we appreciate you. And please, everybody in Calgary, go check out um, what Jody um, is saying and go to one of her coffee chats because the, what, what better way to actually get intimate and talk to people than, I guess, through Zoom? <laughs> If you like to way. read policy, like if you're a massive nerd like me, go to the website. There's tons yeah. of it. So there's something for everyone. So for everyone. Perfect. Yes. Thank anyway. you, Jody. You're absolutely the best and we appreciate you joining us. Thank you. This is a great way to start the day. Thanks so much, <laughs> you guys. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. 
Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode. 